I want you to turn to Malachi chapter 4 and then also Mark chapter 8. And so you're going to hold uh, your place, Mark chapter 8, and then we're going to read first of all from Malachi chapter number 4. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament, so if you can find Matthew and turn left, you'll end up in the book of Malachi. Several times a year, I like to preach on healing and have what we call a healing service. A healing service is just where I preach on healing and we share from the scriptures and the truth of God's word and then I'll pray for people at the end of service. Today's going to be a little different. I'm going to share about healing and then we're going to pray for people tonight in our first Sunday service. So I'm going to share some truths with you tonight from God's Word. And then tonight I'll share just for a very brief, brief moment. And tonight really will all be all about worship. And then we're going to pray for people tonight uh, in our first Sunday service. Amen. So we're going to start in the book of Malachi, chapter number 4. And verse number 2, and if you have your Bibles, you could follow along. If you don't have your Bibles, we'll put a lot of these scriptures on the screen for you. It says this, But to you who fear my name, how many of you know that's us? But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. Hallelujah. I'm going to read that one more time. It says this, But to you who fear my name, listen to this, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow like fat like stall-fed calves. So it says this, that the Son of Righteousness, the Son of Righteousness, but if you see it on the screen, if you see it in your Bible, regardless of which translation you have this morning, it says that the Son, the S-U-N, the Son of Righteousness. So some of you go, well, Pastor, is that a typo? No, no, no. Look it up in different translations. It is translated the Son, S-U-N. Now you say, well, Pastor, isn't Jesus the Son of Righteousness, S-O-N? Of course he is, but Malachi is prophesying. This is a, a, one of the books uh, uh, that we call the Minor Prophets, and he's prophesying, and God says to Malachi, I want you to say this, that the Son, the S-U-N, the Son of Righteousness, shall arise with healing in his wings. And so, I love this portion of Scripture because what God is doing through this prophetic word, he's actually painting a picture of himself and of Christ and, and really putting them, as we would understand them, with the consistency of the Son, the S-U-N. And so it helps us to understand who God is, how healing is applied to our life, and the truth of God's Word when it comes to healing, because what God is saying in Malachi chapter 4 is, He says that my healing, listen to this, is as constant and consistent as the 
Sun, the S-U-N. How many of you know that the sun doesn't actually rise and doesn't actually set? Have we figured that out by now? Now we say the sun rises and we say the sun sets and, and you think that the sun appears and then the sun just disappears. How many of you know the sun doesn't just appear and the sun just doesn't disappear? The sun is always there, right? Come on, let's go science class. Let's go, let's go sixth grade. We figured years ago. The sun doesn't appear and disappear. It doesn't rise and it doesn't set. The sun's always there. What's happening? No, the earth is rotating around the sun and the earth is spinning at the same time it is rotating. The sun is the center of our universe. It's the very center. And so the sun is not moving. The sun is not rising and setting. It's the earth that is rotating around the sun. And at the same time, the earth is spinning. But the sun is always there. Listen to me now. The sun is shining somewhere on the earth at all times. Amen? Just because you don't feel it, just because you don't see it doesn't mean that the sun isn't always there. Listen, the sun is always there. Amen? Somewhere right now on the earth, the sun is shining. We happen to live in the sunshine state. Sometimes it feels like the sun is just closer to us than it is anybody in the entire world. I mean, how many of you felt the sun this week? You felt the effects of the sun this week? Because God is painting a picture in his word of the consistency of the sun, comparing it and contrasting it to the healing that flows from him. See, the sun shines upon the earth and it sheds its warmth, its rays upon the earth, somewhere on the earth at all times. The sun is constant. It is always there. It is always giving out. I was studying this week, and somebody, you know, was talking about the sun, and they said that the, they actually feel like the sun is gaining in strength. And, and I was watching a little, little, you know, some little documentaries about the sun, and they said, well, the sun, the sun is this many billion years old, and, and, you know, it only has about 15 billion years of life left before it burns out. And I thought, somebody who's 50 years old, is going to tell me that the sun only has 15 billion years. Come on now, how do they know it's not 16 billion? I mean, does that make any sense? How many of you know the sun's always going to be there until God says no more, right? The sun, you know, they can't tell you whether it's 15 billion, 1 billion, or 10 million. They have no idea. They just throw out these, these guesses. Somebody that's only been on this planet a few years is going to tell me that the sun only has 15 billion years. Listen, they don't know. I'm here to tell you that the sun is always there. It's always going to be there. It's always shining on the earth until God says no more. And the same way the sun is shining on the earth, God's healing power is going forth in that same exact manner. See, it says this, and you shall go out like stall-fed calves. 
Now I know most of y'all don't know anything about calves and I know nothing either. I can just tell you right now. But I like the phrase stall fed. How many of you know a stall fed calf doesn't have to work for its food? Food comes to him. Praise the Lord. I like that part. Food just shows up. All of a sudden, food is just there. Why? Because he's stall fed. And when he goes out, he doesn't have to work for it. He doesn't have to, you know, believe for it. Or, or, or I should say he doesn't have to strain for it. He just, he just comes and he just knows. He just believes that when he shows up, food is going to be there. Why? Because he's stall fed. And it's the same way with the sun. How many of you know the earth doesn't have to strain for the sun? It doesn't have to work for the sun. It doesn't have to sit there and strive. It can just, just the sun just shows up. Every day, the sun's going to be there. How I many you know tomorrow morning, when you wake up, at some point, depending on when you wake up, the sun's going to show up. You're going to see it. And you're going to see it the next day and the next day and the next day. The sun is consistent. And the Bible says that the sun, the S-U-N, of righteousness will arise, what? With healing in his wings. Praise the Lord which means we don't have to work for it, we don't have to stress over it, we don't have to strain for it. We can just believe that healing is ours. The same way we know that the sun is going to rise tomorrow, the same way we can declare that God's healing virtue is over our life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But every now and then, things get in the way. Every now and then, something shows up to block the sun from the earth, right? They're called clouds. And there's times when we go outside or there's times when we wake up and we don't see the sun. The sun's not there. And you say, well, what happened? Well, a big cloud showed up. Hallelujah. And, and, and it could be a thunderstorm, it could be a hurricane, it could be whatever. It could just be a, a simple, small little cloud. But it can keep the earth from receiving the sun at that particular time. And the same way in our life. The sun is constant. The S-U-N is constant. The healing virtue of God is constant. But there are things that could show up in our life that can keep us from receiving the warmth of the sun and the healing virtue that God has for us. That's called clouds. And the biggest cloud that we face is unbelief. It really is. It's the biggest cloud that we face. And so I want to give you some things that feed unbelief. I want to give you some things that I call the seeds of unbelief. And so we're going to deal with them today from a biblical standpoint and talk about them. And so here's what we want. We want the clouds to move away from our life so that we can simply just receive. Not strain, not stress, not strive for it. Huh? Just receive. So the first one, the first seed of unbelief is called time. Time. The message of time, the cloud of unbelief can, not always, but can get bigger. Time just begins to pass away. 
and sickness just begins to dwell in your body and, and pain begins to dwell in your body and through the passage of time that cloud can become bigger in our life and, and let me give you this example in Mark chapter 9 I know you guys are in Mark chapter 8 but in Mark chapter 9 the Bible there was this father and Jesus and this father were having a, a conversation because this father brought his son to the disciples to be healed and the disciples could do nothing. And so Jesus asked this father a question. To the question he asked. Jesus asked the question, how long has he been this way? And the father answered, ever since he was a little boy, he's been this way. He's often thrown himself in the fire. And so if you can do anything, God, please have compassion or have mercy on us. Now, why would Jesus need to know how long the boy had been this way? What difference does it make to Jesus how long the boy has been this way? Would it make any difference if the boy had been that way only a month? Would it make any difference if the boy had only been that way a year? Would it make any difference to the power of God that was living on the inside of Jesus? Would it make any difference to Jesus if the boy had been that way decades, years, months, or, or just a few days? How many of you know it wouldn't make any difference to Jesus whatsoever? How many of you know God can heal big cases, small cases? He can heal cancer, headaches. Listen, it makes no difference to Jesus. Jesus wasn't asking the question for his sake. He was asking the question because he wanted to know where the Father was. Where are you, Dad? Huh? Uh, where's your faith? What's going on in your world? And so Jesus asked this question for the Father's sake. How long has he been this way? And the Father said, he's been that way for a very long time. If you can do anything, help us. And so Jesus knew right there with the answer to that question, he gauged the Father's unbelief. And that seed of time caused this big cloud to form in this Father's life. And Jesus looked at the man and said this. He said, no, no, no. If you believe. He said, if you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Hallelujah. Why? The passage of time had caused unbelief to grow in this man's life. The second thing I want to give you today, it's, it's not just, just time or, 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 you know, causing that seed to grow. Also, the second thing is called management. Management. Now, let me just say that I'm, I'm all for management. I'm all for time management. I mean, pain management. I'm all, I, I, I have no problem whatsoever with, with somebody being diagnosed and them seeking treatment. So let me, just, let me just clarify that right up front, okay? If I have a headache, I often go to Excedrin. I, I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. In fact, well, I have a good friend that's going to be speaking in, in a few weeks. His wife was diagnosed with breast cancer, and they chose to, to go the route of chemo. And she's doing so much better, man. She's stronger. They believe she's cancer-free. But the whole time, they had their faith in God and not in chemo. 
See, here's what happens. Sometimes if we get to a place in our life where we feel like we can manage the pain, that's exactly what we do. If we get to a place in our life where we feel like we can manage the sickness, then guess what? That's exactly what we do. And if you feel like you can manage it, guess what? Then what do you really need healing for? I'll, I'll give you this example. My wife and I, we were in a, a hospital room, and we were there with somebody else, and, and the doctor came in, and the doctor looked at Cynthia, and the doctor said to Cynthia, have, have you ever had your thyroid checked? And she said, uh, no. And so he goes, you need to come see me. So it was over there at Wellington Hospital. We went just, just to his office, just right next door. And, and he came in and he did, ran some tests on Cynthia and found out that she had a nodule that had grown on, on one of her thyroid glands. And it was so big, it had, it, it had taken over the gland. And so he said, well, we need to run some tests on this thing. This thing could be cancerous. And so, so we said, wow, you know, this is kind of shocking to us and, and he said well you know don't worry even if it is cancerous is, we, we've caught this early it's very treatable thyroid cancer is, is, is a very treatable cancer and, and so I don't want you to panic don't want you to worry and so we came in for a biopsy and the biopsy came back to where there was no cancer it was just a nodule and so he said well you know it's not cancerous but so I'm going to put you on medication and, and, and you know what there's not a problem you're just, you're just going to need to stay on medication that's all. Well, let me just tell you what my wife... Man, my wife got into the Word of God. She began healing, healing scriptures over and over. Man, every night, listen to me, every night in her bed, she would have a couple books laid out. She would have her, her earphones in, just listening to healing scriptures, listening to healing messages. She would just be reading the Word of God. She'd be reading books every night, night after night. I would kind of reach over there, you know, to snuggle a little bit. She said, no, honey, come on now. I'm, I'm in the Word. I'd say, all right, I guess, you know, and just kind of roll over, you know. <laughs> I mean, she did this night after night. Here's what she decided. Even though the doctor had said, well, we can handle this with medication. It's not a problem. There's, there's no problem. There's no worry. There's nothing to be concerned about. She said, no, 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 I'm not going to be on medication the rest of my life. I refuse to manage this. I believe that God can and will heal me. In fact, I believe that I'm already healed. And so that was about four or five years ago this happened. Cynthia's not taking any medication. We just believe she is absolutely 100% healed in Jesus' name. Why? Because she refused to manage it. Amen? She refused to manage it. She said, no, this thing will not be managed. It has to leave my life. The third thing is this, experience. And really, this is probably the biggest seed to our unbelief, is experience. And I'm going to deal with this one more tonight because I believe that this is something that, that we really need to tackle. And I can tell you right now, I don't have all the answers for why somebody will experience a healing touch and another person won't. There could be many different factors. But I know this. Psalms 103 says this. He forgives all of our sin and he heals all of our diseases. I said he forgives all. 
Now, does anybody question whether he forgives all? Everybody believes that, right? Nobody ever thinks that, 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 that God doesn't forgive their sin. Nobody ever comes down to the altar and go, well, well I, I don't think, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this is just too... No, we believe when we pray, we're forgiven. And it's the same with healing. Regardless of our experiences, regardless of what's happened, regardless of prayers that we've prayed or seen prayed, and we didn't necessarily get the answer that we want, how many of you know it's not the, the Word of God that has to mold to our experience? Our experience has to mold to the Word of God. This book rises above all else, including our experiences. Amen? And we'll talk more a little bit about that tonight. And the fourth thing is this, false teaching false teaching that maybe that at some point in your life you were exposed to a false teaching and so you say well pastor I just don't know because I heard a pastor say one time that healing is not for today or, or maybe God doesn't heal everybody or he chooses or maybe sickness is his will or he puts these things on people to teach them lessons and so we're exposed to these false teachings and we have to combat that. How many of you know that that is a seed to a cloud of unbelief that can hinder us from receiving the healing that God wants us to be exposed to. Mark chapter number 8, verse number 22. Let's read it here. It says this. Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought him a blind man to him, brought a blind man to him, and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand, and he led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. Verse 24 says, And he looked up and he said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored, and he saw everyone clearly. Jesus takes this blind man, leads him out of town, and he spits right in his eyes. Now, we're not going to do that tonight. I'm just letting you know. So you can come. We can show up. Don't worry about that. That's not going to happen tonight. We're just going to lay hands on people. We're going to keep the saliva where the saliva goes, okay? But Jesus did. He spit in his eyes, and he asked the man, well, what do you see? And the man said, you see it right here. The man said, well, I, I see, I see tree, men walking, and they, they look like trees. And he put his hands on him again, and he made him look up. And the Bible says that when he looked up the second time, he saw clearly. Now, some people have taught and believed, and I am one of those people that believed this for years, that Jesus had to pray twice for this man, that it didn't take the first time, that Jesus must have been having a bad day, huh? Or that he wasn't at full power yet. Maybe it was really early in the morning. He was only at 80%. And so when Jesus prayed for him the first time, he got an 80% healing because all Jesus had was 80%. Huh? And people have taught that for years. See, sometimes it takes two times. Even Jesus had to pray twice for one man. But how many of you know Jesus never had to pray twice for anybody to receive a full and complete healing? The truth of it is this. Now, listen to this very carefully. We actually don't see with our eyes. We see with our brain. 
So I thought I'd get quiet on that one, but, but you need to Google that because it's the absolute truth. You actually don't see with your eyes, you see with your brain. Your eyes send information to your brain, and your brain tells you what you are seeing. I'm going to try that again. I said your eyes actually send information to your brain. Huh? And then your brain tells you what you're seeing. That's why some people could see a gold dress and others could see a black dress. Some of you, you on Facebook, you, you understand what I'm talking about. Why? Because you actually see with your brain. You don't see with your eyes. Your eyes just convey information. Listen, your eyes don't tell you what you're looking at. Your brain does. Does that make sense to everybody? Absolutely. You know that's true. And so, so here's what happened with this man. Jesus prayed for him the first time, and his eyes were completely healed. Completely healed. But his brain was telling him, because he had been blind for a long time, his brain had not caught up. His brain was telling him that the men that he were looking at, that they were actually trees. And so Jesus, when he prayed for him the second time, he didn't pray for his eyes the second time. The second time he prayed for his brain. Come on, somebody. And when he prayed for his brain, all of a sudden, his, his eyes now began to see the exact same thing, but his brain said, oh, no, no, those aren't trees. Those are just really tall men. Hallelujah. So if you're here today and you've been exposed to some sort of false teaching, if there's been something, something in your life that you say, well, pastor, I don't know because after all, here's, here's what was, I was told or here's what somebody said the Word of God says or, or I don't know that God does it all the time. I mean, after all, Paul and Timothy and all these different things. No, no, then you've been exposed to some sort of false teaching about the Word of God and what you need is God to touch you and to affect something on the upstairs here in the brain that says, no, no, it's not that God ever puts sickness on people. It's not that God sometimes heals. How many of you know God is no respecter of persons? He forgives all of our sin and he heals all of our diseases. Amen? And what he did for one, he'll do for another. And there's no sickness too great. There's no disease too great. Anything from a headache to cancer to diabetes to any kind of broken or pain in your life? How many of you know that God can heal to the uttermost? And the same way that the sun is shining on the earth, the same way his healing power is going forth at all times. Hallelujah. At all times. Amen. So we just need to say, no, no, no. No, I need God to touch, touch my brain and just get my brain to catch up. And I need to see it in the word of God. And you see it right here. Even we talked about, listen, I want you to search the scriptures. That's why I'm not praying for people today. I want to pray for people tonight because I want you to take this afternoon and somewhere in between naps, praise God, I want you to meditate on the word of God and you need to understand that you just go through the gospels. Jesus never refused healing to anyone who came and asked him in faith. It is nowhere in Scripture you'll never find Jesus ever walked away from anybody or ever could do no miracles because a he was hindered in any way. You'll never find it in the Word of God. Huh? 
The Word of God says that the sun will arise. It's constant. It's always there with healing in his wings. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. And just like a calf,